Well, good morning, everyone. My name's Aaron. I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, super excited to see you guys here. I'm a little disappointed in the second service, though. You see, the first service had a lot of jerseys. There were, uh, you know, people cheering for the, for the Chargers, people cheering for the Bengals. I think somebody was cheering for the Giants. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. And then we sing about how Giants must fall. It's beautiful. I love it. It's awesome. Yeah, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but since I've lived in New York, the Chiefs have always been in the Super Bowl. So there you go. That's, uh, we moved from Kansas City, and here you go. All right, enough of that. Hey, we are uh, beginning a brand new series called Let's Stop Pretending. And uh, if, if you're new here, um, first of all, thanks for taking the time to be here with us. But I want to tell you what this series is all about. This series is going to be taking a look at relationships and some of what God's Word has to say about how we can see growth and, and even just you know, personal improvement in our relationships. This is one of the things that I love about God's Word so much. It's very easy to think that the Bible is just filled with all kinds of what I guess you might call just like super religious stuff, but the reality is the Bible is incredibly practical. It is written to us right where we are to help us with the very issues that we struggle with. And if you're anything like me, relationships can be hard, right? Okay, apparently you're all lying this morning. <laughs> I mean, seriously, relationships can be hard. I don't care if you're dating. That sounds terrible. I've told my wife, like, if something ever happens to her, I'm done. This is it. I do, I, I do not understand dating in the 21st century. Um, this seems very difficult. For all of you who are dating right now, I just say my condolences. I'm sorry. Because seriously, I mean, social media and all kinds, you have to have 37 different apps to be able to meet somebody. It's crazy. I met my wife in a cornfield, you know? So uh, it's a little different now. That sounded weird. I actually did. <laughs> I actually did meet my wife in a cornfield, but that's another story. Relationships are difficult. Marriages can be difficult, right? I mean, think about it. The person that you love, the person that you care about so very much, the person who can, like, in just an instant, make you feel so wonderful, and then before you know it, in another instant, everything can change. And, and you can be hurting in a way that you never knew you would be hurting. That's not to mention all the other kinds of relationships. Relationships with your kids, that's a fun subject, right? Relationships at work with your boss, with your employees, relationships in your neighborhood, relationships with your in-laws or outlaws, whichever ones they are, all of them get very difficult. I know it. You know it. Thankfully, in God's Word, there's some incredible guidance designed to help us. And today, we're going to focus in just on one very short passage. And eventually, we'll work our way to one principle that I think if we, if I, I'll just say me, if I could apply it to all of my relationships and the way that I interact with people, it would change everything for me. And frankly, I think it would change everything for you as well. 
The passage that we're going to look at is found in the book of Romans. And Romans was a letter written to a group of Christians, a group of people who lived in the city of Rome. And a man named Paul who traveled all over the Mediterranean rim. He traveled all over and told people about Jesus. And when people put their faith in Jesus, he he gathered them kind of into little gatherings and, and helped them begin meeting week after week. And they would meet to worship and also to, to hear from God's word so that they could begin to orient their lives in line with what God had to say. And he wrote letters to a lot of these churches. And in each of the letters, he would usually have sections that would talk about, hey, here's what we should believe because of what God has done. And then he'd have sections where he talked about, here's how we should behave because of what God has done. And in Romans chapter 12, he gives us incredible instruction on how we should behave in our relationships because of what God has done. Let me show you what he says in Romans 12 verse 9. He says this, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Now, here's the thing. We all know what that word pretend means. You've played pretend. You've you've done things for pretend. But the word pretend is a it's it's an interesting word. The verb form of it is the same word for the word hypocrite, which you've probably heard before. The idea of being a hypocrite is an actor who wears a mask or a costume. It finds its roots in, in, uh, in the Greek world. And in that world, when there was a play or, or uh, some sort of uh, a, a theater production, people would put on a mask to pretend to be someone that they weren't. In the early years in Greek theater... Uh, Women were not allowed to be involved, and so men had to put on masks and pretend to even play female parts. They would act like they were one thing, even though they were actually another. Now, you may be getting an idea of where we're going in this series, but the whole goal of this series is to teach us to stop pretending when it comes to loving one another, to teach us to actually do it, to be real, to be authentic, to demonstrate our love in a way that is meaningful. It's as if Paul is saying, your love, whether you're married or dating or, or it's complicated, you know, whatever you want to call it, your love should be sincere. I love that word sincere. That's an old word as well. It has its root in two Latin words. The first is sine, which means without, and the second is serum, which means wax. You see, if you were to travel in the Latin world to a marketplace and find uh, a place that was selling pottery or sculptures, you could find a certain section uh, in, in that marketplace where they would say, they would, they would have these two words, sine sera, or sincere, describing certain pieces of pottery. It meant that those pieces of pottery were so well done that they didn't have any cracks or deformities, and nobody ever took any wax to fill in those cracks or deformities. You could do that with a piece of pottery. If something went wrong, you could cover it up and make it look real, but it wasn't real. And then when you heated that piece of pottery up, guess what you were going to find out? 
you were going to see it. Because the reality is, when heat comes, who we are is really exposed. Isn't that true? That's true in our relationships. Which is why Paul writes to us and he says, don't just pretend. Something needs to change. So let's go back to verse 9. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Now, before I get to the one principle that I think will change everything, let me just share with you from verse 9 three principles for real relationships, some things that will really make a difference, like will make a difference in all of my relationships and will make a difference in yours as well. Here's, here's what shows up in this passage. Number one, love is required. What is love? What is love? Sorry, I, yeah, I apologize. That's my ADHD brain. I apologize. What is love? Seriously. Now you're all going to be singing it the rest of the morning. You're welcome. You're welcome, okay? Yeah. Love is voluntarily putting somebody before you. Love is voluntarily elevating someone and saying, they, they come first. When I think of love, I think of what I saw just this past week and I've seen for, for, for many, many years in watching my wife. We had a late night with people over at our home and lots of energy expended just help, helping some people and finally got to bed and, and about two o'clock in the morning, our, our middle child, Silas, comes in. He had recently had strep throat and, you know, apparently it didn't go fully away and he came back and he was just... Struggling to swallow, you know, and I didn't hear a single word of this. <laughs> but my wife did. And she got up. She went and made him hot tea with honey. She got him a, a hot pack, a heat pack, and she helped put him back to bed. And then she took him to the doctor in the morning and, and just over and over going out of her way to put him first. That's love. Any relationship, love is required. Number two, sin will wreck it. You remember what, what he said in verse 9? He said, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong. Listen, when we allow sin to exist in our relationships and in, 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 our, in our own selves, we are actually doing damage to our relationships. Maybe it's possible that, that we're doing damage with each other in our relationships by doing things that we shouldn't be doing. Listen, we've got to recognize that sin will wreck our relationships. Maybe one of the first things that needs to happen is just to openly acknowledge and just say, hey, I need to repent of some sin and, and move away. That would be a loving thing to do for the people that you're in a relationship with. That word repent is the idea of acknowledging that you're going in the wrong direction. It's, it's like if I was looking at a map and I'm trying to leave here in Vestal and get to Atlanta, Georgia, and I start heading north, I realize, hopefully, eventually, at least by the time I hit the border, I should realize, hey, I'm going the wrong direction. I need to turn and I need to go south. I need to repent. That, that's the idea. I, I'm acknowledging that the way I've been going is wrong and and I don't have to live in guilt and shame because of Jesus, but I do need to turn and go the other direction. Sin will wreck your relationships. Number three, doing good will build it. Here's what he said. Hold tightly to what is good. 
serving each other, caring for each other, doing good with each other will build your relationship. But beyond that, here's the thing. There is one thing that all good relationships have in common. I believe this. It shows up in the next verse. One thing that rises above everything else that I think will make a difference in all of your relationships. In verse 10, here's what Paul says. He says this, love each other with genuine affection. Here's this word genuine, that, that, that's a word that is similar to authentic that we were talking about earlier. It needs to be real, okay? And take delight in honoring each other. Honoring each other. The one thing that would make a difference in every single relationship is this, that if we would learn to honor one another above ourselves, it would change everything. The one thing that every good relationship has in common is honor. Now, what is honor? Well, honor is a word that has its roots in the financial world. It's a word that means to give someone a gift in, in keeping with their value or status. So if I were to give you a gift and it needed to, to demonstrate to you how much I value you, how I see you, I would have to make sure that it was an appropriate gift. Honor is a little bit like this. Let me give you a demonstration. Hey, Brian, I'm going to have you come up here with me for a minute. Would you be willing? Thanks. You didn't know about this beforehand, but uh, <laughs> that's, the, that's the good news about... <laughs> Brian, you look great. No, 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 don't sit down. Don't, don't sit down. Thank you, because we're going to honor you, oh. okay? So, honoring Brian is a little bit like this. It's, as I have Brian here with me, I want to help him up onto this chair, not to sit on it, so I'm going to take your hand. I'm not going to pick you up, okay? No, no, no offense, but I'm just going to take your hand, and I'm going to help you. Can you get up on this chair for me, please? Just stand up? Yeah, just stand up on it. Go for it. You got it? Got it. There we go. Honoring someone is like elevating them. Honoring someone is helping someone to get to their rightful place. The reality is, see, Brian is made in the image of God. Brian has dignity. There are people that you may not like and people that you may struggle to respect, but guess what? They're all still made in the image of God. They have dignity and the stamp of God all over them. And when I honor someone, I, I raise them up to their rightful place. And guess what it does? It changes my perspective because now I see you for who you are. And it changes your perspective. Not that you look down on me, but you actually, you see me for, for who I am. And here I am honoring you and it changes your perspective. Okay. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate you. Hey, round of applause. Good job. Good job. <laughs> he did great, didn't he? I didn't fall. Yeah, good job. So to honor someone is to give them a gift in keeping with their status. It's the idea of lifting them up, raising them up to how they are really valued. Now, here's the thing. The text says that we are to go out of our way to honor one another. Can we stop and evaluate ourselves with that for a minute? Go out of our way to honor your enemies at school. Go out of your way to honor your boss who's a jerk. Go out of your way to honor employees that you really are kind of struggling with. 
Go out of your way. In fact, let me show you, let me show you how the um, uh, English Standard Version translates this verse, the ESV. It says this, love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Scratch and claw, fight, do everything you can, not to get to the top, but to outdo one another in honoring each other. Boy, I just wonder how our marriages would look different if, if that's what was happening. How our dating relationships would look different if we chose to honor each other and recognize that, that the person that you're dating is made in the image of God and really is God's daughter or God's son first, and so you better act appropriately with them because they belong to God first and foremost. Maybe that would change a lot of things. So how do we, how do, we do that? How do we practically honor one another? How do we practically honor our children or our parents or honor our neighbors. Well, let me just share with you three ways that I think you can honor the people in your lives. First and foremost, you can honor them with your words. Now, this is, this is fun, you know, because we usually don't struggle with our words, so there's that. That's good. Um, but, okay, that was sarcasm. It's fine. Yeah. The, the, yeah, okay. Anyway, you guys need more coffee. Ephesians, <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29 talks to us about how we can honor each other with our words. Here's what it says. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. No, let's just stop right there because the reality is some of us probably just need to repent right there. Right? Words that we've used to tear down. They're not wholesome. They're not helping. They're just biting and clawing and hurting. You know? This is how we honor one another. Don't let any unwholesome words come out of your mouth. But only, notice what he says, only what is helpful for building others up, building them up, helping the person. Listen, there, there are times where you have to have hard conversations. I have to have hard conversations. As a pastor, I'm called to shepherd and care and watch over the souls of people. That's what I am called to do, which means there are times that I have to have hard conversations and I have to come alongside somebody and say, hey, can we, can we talk about some things that I'm seeing going on in your life? And I have to be really, really careful to make sure that I'm not tearing people down, but instead I'm building them up. There are times I can see things so blatantly in people's life and I could just go right in and say, hey, do you know what you're doing? You're doing this and this is ruining this and you're tearing your family apart and this and that. But that's not going to get me anywhere. Except I'll have an enemy. What if instead I wanted to get to the root of what was going on in their life and still have a friendship? Here's how you do it. Use your words to build them up. So, when I have to have a hard conversation, I'll go and I'll say, hey, can I share some, some observations with you? I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I have it right. I don't know if I'm seeing the full picture, but can I just share this with you? And if they say yes, then, I, then I'll share it and I'll walk through, hey, this is what I've been seeing. I'm not quite sure if I'm interpreting it right. It, it seems to me that you're heading in this direction. Is that right or am I missing something? And then I'll ask, is that the direction you really want to go? Because if it's not, what, what can I do to help? What can I do to help? That's a very different conversation than me sitting here as if I'm better and pointing my finger and saying, how dare you? By the way, 
as far as parenting is concerned, that's a good tactic as well, especially as your kids get older. I have a teenager now, about to have two of them. Pray for me. <laughs> I, I need to write send help or something, you know? Uh, and, and, and the way I have conversations has had to shift to where I can say, hey, can we talk about what I'm seeing? Maybe I'm missing something. Help me understand. We are called to honor one another with our words, build others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. Oh, there's a way you can send a message, but there's also a way you can send a message and build others up, which begs a question. Do you tear down with your words? Do you have somebody on the chair, and if I still had Brian right here and I just yanked him down with my words? If that's the case, man, it's time to stop and recognize you're heading north when you need to be heading south. Go the other direction. Second, how do we honor one another? We honor one another with our actions. We show up. We, we be concerned for the people in our lives. And we don't just make decisions based on what is good for us, but also based on what's good for the people around us. There's this portion of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 where Paul's writing to the Corinthian church who, who they, they realized they had all kinds of freedom in Christ, and they, they did, but they were using their freedoms to serve themselves. And so Paul writes to them to talk to them about their liberties and their freedoms, and one of the Christian liberties they were struggling with was, hey, can we eat meat offered to idols? And I know that sounds kind of weird to us, but, but there are different Christian liberties that we have and that we can utilize here today. But when he writes to them about this, he says, your liberty is not just for you, it's for you to serve others. He says this, you say I'm allowed to do anything. I'm free. I'm free in Christ. I can do anything. Well, that's true, but not everything is good for you. So maybe you shouldn't go and do everything or anything because not everything's good for you. You say, I am allowed to do anything. Well, okay, with, with liberty, maybe, sure, okay. But not everything is beneficial, and it's not always good, not just for you, but sometimes it's bad for others. Look, don't be concerned for your own good, but for the good of others when you're weighing out your actions, what you can and can't do, you need to be thinking about other people. Which begs the question, who comes first? You or others? Who, who comes first, me or others? Man, there's a million illustrations in parenting I could give. There are tons of times that I really just do not want to do what my kids need. I'm tired. I want to sit right where I'm at. And I don't understand the math you are doing now. <laughs> right? But we're called to honor one another. Actually outdo one another in trying to honor one another with our actions. Third, with our reactions. This is a fun one. You know, the scripture calls us to act, not react. And that's super easy. So no big deal. You know, when there's conflict or problems, we're just, oh, let me think about carefully. How should I act here? And yeah, probably not. Uh, I'm, I can be pretty quick to react. How about you? 
Back in Ephesians chapter 4, in talking about our personal relationships, Paul writes this. He says, get rid of all bitterness, rage. Never seen any of that on the road. (laughs) Anger, harsh words, and slander, or trying to tear someone's reputation down, as well as all types of evil behavior. Those are the things that Christ followers are to set aside. Those things should not be a part of us. Now, can I just back up here for a minute? Some of these, I'm not telling you these things won't come naturally to you. He's saying you're going to have to actively choose to to set them aside. Bitterness will still come. Anger will still come. Rage will still come. The desire to cut somebody down because they cut you down. And, you know, you cut me, fine. You mess with the bulls, guess what you're getting? The bull, you're, you're going to get the horns, you know? That kind of idea. Sorry, that was a little awkward there. Then he goes on. He says, instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. These are our reactions, to react with kindness. Someone speaks ill of you, how do you outdo them in honor? React with kindness, to react with tender-hearted responses, to, to forgive them. Why? Well, I get it, that person has, has hurt you many, many times. I can't count the number of times I have sinned against God and how many times he has forgiven me over and over and over again. So we honor God with our words, and we honor each other with words that build them up, and we honor God with our actions, and we honor each other with with actions that that show they have dignity and, and worth and value, and we honor God with our reactions, and we honor one another with our reactions, demonstrating that we value them and we want a relationship with him by being kind and tenderhearted and forgiving. Which begs the question, do my or your reactions honor or tear down? Here's the thing. If you're anything like me, you can't walk through a sermon like this and not have something that you'd say, oh, that probably needs to change. I get it. And the good news is, God is gracious and when we repent and we turn and we go in a different direction, God produces change in our hearts. I'm convinced that honor really is the one thing that if we add it to our relationships, it changes everything. Can I also say that honor is not based on whether or not the other person is honorable. It's based on the fact that they're made in the image of God. And that never ends. So let me just give you three practical suggestions, and then we'll close, okay? When it comes to your relationships and interactions, can I tell you just practically, put your phone down and listen. If you're dating now, put your phone down and pay attention, okay? Trust me, guys, it's going to help, okay? Pay attention. Be present. I have to put my phone away when I get with my family because I I do so much work with my phone and and I'm in contact with people all the time through my phone that I have to have times where I put my phone aside. Otherwise, my kids don't even know that I'm physically present. You know? Number two, ask for the people's input and their contribution and then consider it. 
That shows that you honor someone and you're valuing them and you care about what they think. It's an important piece to outdoing one another in honor. And then number three, when you sin against someone, own it. I know that's a foreign concept. No, I didn't do that. I didn't say that. You said that. I didn't say that. No, own your stuff quickly. Acknowledge that it was wrong and seek forgiveness. And ask quickly. This is how we honor one another. Now, let me leave you with an illustration, okay? A little bit later today, the Super Bowl is going to take place, and some of you care about it, and some of you don't, and, you know, it's fine. I'll pray for all of you. That's, that's fine. I'm just kidding. Just, I'm, te- I'm sorry. <laughs> just teasing. Yeah, I know. I almost wore my I Heart Taylor shirt today. I thought that would be, that would be perfect. I, I wanted to wear it. I thought Tim would appreciate that, so... Uh, A little bit later today, 22 men at a time will be on a field striving against one another, and they're trying to do one thing. They're trying to outdo one another. You think of the lines, the defensive line and the offensive line. They are trying. They are doing everything they can. They are pushing, pulling, scratching, clawing. They are doing everything they can to outdo one another, all for one reason, to gain glory for their team and themselves. What if, what if we started taking the same mindset to our relationships? To do everything we could to outdo one another. To honor, to lift up, to give someone the dignity that they have, whether they're acting like it or not. What would happen in our relationships? I just got to think, not only would God be pleased, but he'd start changing some hearts too. Would you pray with me? God, thank you for how much you love us. Thank you for the incredibly practical insight your word gives us. You, you created human relationships. You know what works. You know what is for our good. And so, God, I pray that we would listen to you. I pray that we would stop pretending and that we would start being sincere and authentic in our love and our desire to honor others. I pray that you'd use it in a powerful way. God, we ask in Jesus' name, amen.